Welcome to the Weight Loss for Nurses podcast, where nurses come to learn how to lose weight for good by ending the BS cycle. So if you are a busy, stressed out nurse, and no matter what you do to lose weight, nothing is working, then you are in the right place. Each week, I will show you how I lost 100 pounds, but more importantly, I will show you how you can be able to enjoy your job and your life. So let's get started. Welcome. So today, as I'm recording the podcast, it's September 1st. And I look back and like, wow, this summer went by, I feel so fast, but yet in the moment, we enjoyed it. Like our summer was so amazing. The weather was so amazing. We got to do so many things outside. Um, except, you know, I was sort of off for a couple of weeks as I got COVID, but you know, I'm, I feel so amazing and back at it after that. It didn't last very long. So I'm so grateful with that. But September 1st, it just like, this is when the big shift happens. There's two types of shifts I look at is, you know, people look at new beginning in, in January And then a shift happens in September. I've heard it called the other new year. But, you know, so many people, I've heard that and that's how I'm feeling in a way. And it's almost like that signal that, you know, for us, our seasons change. And you can feel there's fall cool air going on now. And the weather you can see next week is starting to get cooler, which to me, I don't mind because that gets me inside a little more gets me working a a little longer in my days, which is a good thing because I have so many things planned for you. So the other thing is, you know, the shift happens with kids going back to school. My granddaughter is so excited to start grade one this year. She went to her first class today. She even didn't, I heard she was saying she didn't sleep um, that well. She was so excited and probably nervous those feelings, they even happen, you know, affect us even when we're younger. So now what I want to focus on in this podcast is this big shift with the nurses, women that come to me and that I'm listening, hearing, saying, you know, it's time to get back on track with, you know, losing weight, with eating healthy after, you know, now that summer's over. So if you're in this place, I want to help you get started on the right step, the right path. So you can not start another diet and then quit, you know, in a week, a month, whatever. I want to get you on the path to losing weight so you then lose it for the last time. And you may think that the complicated part is, you know, knowing what to eat and how much to eat, you know, you know, which, which the diets focus on, like, that's what they give you. But that is not the complicated part. Because, you know, you can Google all that, just Google, you know, what to eat to lose weight. They're, they're out there. They're a dime a dozen. If that worked, then people wouldn't keep, you know, Googling and trying it. You have a pretty good idea. Honestly, if you've done one or a couple diets, you know what to eat and how much to eat. What the complicated part of weight loss is what I'm going to share with you today. There are a few things 
that can happen that make it difficult to lose weight. And that is where the food and weight loss struggle takes place. And, you know, it, this, I see this because after going through my own journey of finally being able to lose over 100 pounds after a 30-year struggle, I see the things that created the struggle for me. And then I saw I had lost the weight. And then I worked at the bariatric clinic. And my clients, you know, I was a case manager. They went and had the surgery. And I saw them doing things, the exact things that I struggled with even after their surgery, gaining weight back. And now with my clients I work with right now and in the last few years. So what I get asked a lot is what to eat, but then why can't I never stick with it long enough to see the results? Well, it all boils down to these things. You have never been shown how to stay committed to yourself with losing weight. And that's a skill that you need to learn. There's a lot of things going on underneath the surface that are creating you or driving you to quit. And those need to be explored. But the biggest thing standing in your way is that you have never been taught how to manage your mind and emotions. And I know that one to me, when I learned that one, oh my goodness, it changed everything. You know, it's all about, you know, what are your beliefs about yourself? What are your thoughts about food and about the situations going on around you? You know, at home, at work, those things. Are there habits that need to be shifted? And they start from the thoughts and how to manage all the feelings that you have that are driving you to eat. So let's start. So the first thing to be aware of is are you unconsciously eating? So this happens when you're, you know, you find you're getting a meal together, you're, co you're cutting it up, you're cooking it, or it can even happen uh, when you're cleaning the table off too. This happens. So especially when you have kids and the food is left behind. And what you're doing is you're having those BLTs. What, I'm, what BLTs are is bites, licks, and tastes. And you're not even thinking about it or, you know, and that's the thing, like you're not thinking, like it's just unconscious. You're just grabbing it. You're, you're not even paying attention to it. Or if you had a tiny thought, it just sort of doesn't matter and it goes away and you keep doing it. And the other one, when this happens is you, this is a big one I see. You're sitting on a couch, you're eating and you know, you've got the, you're on the couch, you're watching TV, and you got that bag of chips or whatever it is. And to me, it's ice cream. I taught you, if you're listening to this podcast, you hear it all the time. But you're sitting eating, and then you look down, and all the food's gone. So you've eaten the whole bag. To me, I eat all that humongous amount of ice cream, and I look down, and it's empty, and it's gone. And I'm like, like, that's you being... Like you are not consciously aware of how much you're eating. You're unconsciously eating. And so that leaves you putting more food into your body than what is needed. So think about it. At the end of the week, with all that extra food you've eaten that you're not paying attention to, that you have not really registered in your brain, 
No wonder you haven't lost weight. So you have that habit going on that you're not, not even paying attention to. You sort of know, you sort of see at the end of the day, the res- and when you're done eating that result, especially with the, the couch one, but the licks taste of bites, you're not even paying attention. Like it doesn't even register. So the reason why, or what you can do, sorry, the, what you can do is like, it, it's all about like you have not, um, ever made a plan of what you're going to eat in advance for the day. You may have a diet plan you're following, but this is not you really thinking, really using your primitive, your uh, prefrontal cortex. So you have not made a plan of what you're going to eat in advance for the day. And then this is the biggest part. You have then not kept track of how you followed it. And you've not written down all that you ate. So yes, okay, you have a diet, but when we follow the diet or don't follow it, we never really write down, I know I didn't, what you actually ate for the day. And a big part of this, the reason why we do that, we don't be honest with ourselves and put it in writing is for many people, this brings up a lot of shame, which in my program, I teach how to make decisions ahead of time using that prefrontal cortex, that part of your brain, and then look at what you actually did eat from a place of curiosity to learn not from a place of, like it's not then failure. So then that takes away that shame. If I mean, my program, that's what we do. It's let's not focus on the shame and failing, learning that it's not failure, and learning from what didn't work. Like that's a huge part of losing weight in a way that you will keep it off for the last time. Like that's what I do. This was a huge part of it. And you know, the other thing is, you know, why it's so important to keep track daily. So like I said, you know, I have my clients make a decision ahead of time that morning or could be the night before what they're going to eat for the day then writing down everything what they did eat and the biggest reason why is because we look at that as data because if we don't have that data at the end of the week when you get on the scale and the number goes up you won't even remember like do you remember what if you stepped on the scale on a on a Sunday, every little tiny morsel that you had extra on the Monday, no. So this helps you go, okay, you step on the scale, the number went up, no big deal. I just look at the data. What actually did I truly eat for the week? Then if the number on the scale goes down, then you know, okay, I just need to keep doing this. This is what's working. So. That's number one. The next thing, number two, the next thing is to be aware of is, are you emotionally eating? And this is a big one for a lot of my clients. I I think almost all, every client that came to me has done this and I was. um, But you are, what it is, is you probably have some feelings going on that you are, you know, using food to try to escape from. And when I say probably, it actually is. You have some feelings going on that you are using food to escape from. And I see this so often with 
you know, the people that come to me, the nurses who are feeling one overwhelmed for sure. You know, it's the thinking that they don't have enough time to get everything done or that they have so much to do. And at work nowadays, that that's, I think, almost a given for a lot of us. We have that thought in our head. Another one is anxiety. And this was a big one for me in the past. You know, you feel anxious about what may, may or may not happen. Or, you know, it's even with, um, you know, what you're having to deal with in that moment, the situation. But what? But what I also find, you know, is the anxious feelings also are from, you know, those beliefs we have about ourselves. And this is something like, it, this was one of my other ones. I, you know, I have this belief, I'm not good enough. And it came out in my job. You know, everything I did, I didn't feel I did a good enough job. I was always trying to push myself to be better and do more. And, you know, it just then created so much then stress inside of me and my body, and then I'd turn to food. But this is something, this these beliefs about ourselves. sometimes we know them, but sometimes we don't. But, you know, even if we know them, like this takes someone helping you see what's going on inside your brain, which is what I do in my program. Like, you know, the other day, one of my clients, she was struggling with, you know, anxiety at work. And we were, you know, solution focused thinking and, you know, doing this or doing that. And like she was in charge and we're looking at everything. And you know what the bottom line of all of it was? She felt like she was not good enough. And that's where we started the work. It wasn't the situation going on that had her feeling anxious. It was her, everything she was doing, it came from a place of I didn't, wasn't doing a good enough job, which created that anxiety. And it is so important to find somebody. If it's not me, find somebody else. If you're struggling at all, like it's really, you need to have somebody help you see the inside of your brain. The other one that I see a lot is stress. <laughs> How many of us stress eat? I know I did. That was another big one of mine. The thing is, a lot of times it comes just from us believing that the situation should be different. But that is something we can't control. So we stay, you know, we're, we're, we're so fighting against it should be different. They should be doing something different. And that just keeps us in a state of constant stress. And stress increases cortisol levels, which then has our body hold on to fat. So the the third one here that a lot of people, um, sorry, emotions. We're still talking about emotional eating. My brain's all over the place. Um, is eating when we are happy or excited. And it's, you know, something that we're so used to attaching eating and drinking rooms. So happy and excited are feelings. So we eat a lot from those negative feelings, but we also eat from positive feelings too. So we really have to be aware of that. And I don't know about, you know, I'm, I'm about you, but a lot of my uh, clients and myself, we can't even see another way other than eating and drinking when you're happy, excited, celebrating. So it's really being aware that this is just 
you emotionally eating and we have to work on those thoughts you have in regards to why you don't want it, why you want to stop eating, why, how those feelings are inside you, allowing yourself to feel those feelings without turning, without eating. So emotional eating is, you know, it really is about us feeling that, that we have a feeling that we're trying to escape from. And what you need to know, and I've talked about this on quite a few podcasts, is that feeling is just an electrical vibration in your body, which has you, it feels uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable in your body. So it's really you learning how to manage that discomfort, that feeling. And it's, it's when you manage that discomfort in the moment, you won't have to manage the discomfort of overeating. And that's what I really have my clients just keep remembering that this takes practice. You know, I'll, I'm, you know, we go over all this here in the podcast and I, I want you to implement this. I want you to use it, but I want you to know that this takes practice and it's just slow baby steps. One time you might not do it and that's amazing. And give yourself like a, like a hug to say, yes, I can do it. And then you keep doing it and again and again. And that's how we change all of this. So it also is like the biggest part of emotional eating. So we talked about the feelings, but that feeling, like remembering that feeling you have starts with what you're thinking. And again, like it can be, it can be really challenging at times to really see that thought you're having that it's actually just a thought and it's not, it's not true. It's just your thought. You believe it to be true and real and that's the only way. But honestly, it's a thought and you get to choose to keep that thought or have a different thought. But it's not as easy as, you know, I'm not going to think that. It's really about shifting it. And that takes somebody, you know, really helping you figure out how to do it. Because like I said, those thoughts are ingrained in your brain and you're thinking that way and you've always thought that way. And so it's changing how it's going. So the la the other thing um, with emotional eating is a lot of talk about emotion here because this is a big one, is when we emotionally eat so many times, we don't emotionally eat on carrots and broccoli cauliflower, we turn a lot to the high sugar, highly processed foods. Why we do that is because it really creates like they're, they're really palatable. And they just then create that desire. The other part is so we desire we they're palatable, sorry, they're palatable. And then that creates more desire for them. Meaning also too, that they, the foods, those foods, the sugar and the processed foods, when we eat them, they create a dopamine hit in our body. The dopamine is a feel good hormone. So think about it. You have this hit, feel good. Well, of course, Crave more because why wouldn't you want to feel good? Why wouldn't you want to feel, you know, keep feeling good and keep feeling good? I mean, that's, you know, who wants to stop that, right? So it's a matter of really knowing that, you know, that emotionally eating, when we turn to the, the high sugar, high process, it's going to cause us to want more of it. 
But then also to what else is really a struggle with those foods, they increase your insulin, they spike your sugars, which then has you not burning fat. It actually has you storing fat. So it's really, really, really paying attention of all of this. And this is a huge part of my program is emotional eating. Um, yeah. So if you want to reach out about the emotional eating, I'm here to spark you because that's something that is really, really a struggle for so many nurses. And now, finally, the third obstacle that may be creating a struggle with losing weight for you is managing those cravings or desires. So yes, we talked about desire and that from eating those foods, but also there's another aspect to cravings and desires. It's we get stuck in a rut of we have this craving and desire. And so pay attention because it all starts with what you're thinking. So you have this thought, which then creates the feeling, the, the craving and the, that desire, and you're relying on willpower to not give in. But how long does willpower last? It does not last forever, and that's why you get in. It's not that you have a lack of willpower. Willpower is not infinite. There's nothing wrong with you. What has to happen here is you have to start the not giving in by starting with what's going on in your brain. You got to pay attention, become aware, and then like harness the power of your brain, start shifting it from that place. That's how you rewire that not giving in to cravings. Like, I don't want to say rewire. That's how you stop the not giving in. The thing is, you'll always have a craving come up and a desire because you have thoughts. It's a thought like for me, I have a, the minute I think of ice cream, I do have a, a craving for it or a desire for it. But now I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want it. I hardly ever eat it now because of all the work I've done with shifting what's gone on in my brain. So it's about not trying to make them go away and stop having them is when you have them, what to do with them. So I know this is a long podcast. Sorry, got winded here. But I want you to know that, you know, if you are struggling to lose weight, there's nothing wrong with you. I know you think that you should, you know, be able to figure it out on your own. And, you know, maybe even after all this, think, well, I just need to find that magic diet. It isn't about just the food, what food and how much. It is what's going on inside your mind. Like, honestly, if it was just another diet you need with food and like how much and what to eat, there wouldn't be an obesity epidemic going on. To lose weight in a sustainable way, you've got to do this inner work. It's that thoughts and feelings work because that is where it comes from. And this is something that I know you haven't been taught if you're still struggling with. I didn't, I wasn't taught that. At 42, after 30 years of struggling, I found a coach. And when I did that, and it wasn't even a weight loss coach, it was um, a self-development coach. But that coach, that program changed my whole life. I not only lost over that 100, you know, I think it's at 110, 15 pounds now, 
But what help, what I, you know, what I talk about even more is yes, it's not even about the weight for me. It's about I was able to leave an unhealthy marriage after 22 years and find a most amazing man that I'm married to now, but also to the relationships with my children are amazing. And it all started with doing this inner work. So if you need any help or support, you can reach out to me on my website at karenshable.com or you can email me at karen at karenshable.com. And honestly, if you don't connect with me, then please find another coach because losing weight for the last time and enjoying your job in life is possible. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Weight Loss for Nurses podcast, where my goal is to help you end the BS cycle so you can start enjoying your job and your life and lose weight for good. To learn more about working closely with me, please visit me at karenshable.com and I'll see you next week.